You're fat. You can drink anyone. Maybe if you show a little bit of cleavage. Maybe you're acting too smart. You're a boss. I just don't understand why you don't have no money. I would marry you. You're a tequila lover. You're down to party. You're the Chargers. Don't get your crotch in your Hey, all you catches, it's your favorite single gal, Erin, who transformed in front of your eyes, got reeled in front of your ears, and had an overall aha moment that changed everything. Ladies, before we can reel in the catch of a lifetime, we must first bait the hook with self-love. Self-love is power bait. It helped me reel in what I believe to be a keeper, but even the best fisherwomen have to recognize when it's time to catch and release. You're tuned in to another episode of You're Such a Catch, a podcast dedicated to helping you realize the catch that you are. We do not have to be defined by our relationship status nor conform to societal norms. All we have to do is be ourselves. With this being the last episode of season three, if you're looking for a way to stay connected, consider applying to be a part of the You're Such a Catch community. The community partakes in weekly happy hours on Zoom, daily conversations via chat, and it serves as a resource hub with a library of podcast episodes and book recommendations to help you during whatever season of life you're in. It's a great way to connect with other like-minded women from all over the world. I hope to see you there. Last week, I talked about claiming bravery when it comes to stepping outside of our comfort zone, embracing change, and opening ourselves up to the possibilities the universe has intended for us. Has anyone said yes to something that scares them? I've been saying yes a ton to the things that scare me. As you know, one of my yeses was to podcast live from LA Fashion Week. There were a ton of reasons or excuses I could have exercised to say no. But I'm so glad I didn't do that. And I didn't just choose the path of least resistance. Instead, I stepped outside of my comfort zone. I tried something new and I was rewarded greatly for that leap of faith. The stories I heard, the lessons I learned, the connections I made, and the friendships that I built are priceless. I also gained so much confidence in my abilities, which is something that I feel like I needed. I've been releasing those interviews as bonus episodes. I really hope you get a chance to check them out. They're fun, inspiring, and they're outside of uh, the scope of our normal conversation, which is exciting and different in and of itself. Then this past week, I said yes to attending Podcast Movement Evolutions. I mean, it was in my own backyard, downtown Los Angeles. Surprisingly, though, I knew no one attending. But you know me, I like making new friends, and oh, did I. I met a solid crew of new folks. We attended sessions together, ate together, swapped ideas, and shared insights. Some of the content I heard made my wheels spin about the future of You're Such a Catch. I fangirled at the sights of some of the greats like Emily Morse from Sex with Emily, Lewis House, and Jordan Harbinger. I soaked up every minute of Will Ferrell's keynote. I danced on the rooftop of the Grammy Museum to DJ Paris Hilton. That's hot. I saw Dr. Drew and Kevin Conley from Entourage. It was an eventful week. Can you imagine if I missed out on all of that because I was fearful of having to go alone or because it's easier to stay in your comfort zone where you're not challenged or pushed to expand your horizons? The moral of this story and my hope for you is to say yes to be brave, and to do whatever it is that scares you. You won't regret it. 
Today is bittersweet. Today is the last episode of the I Claim series where we're going to run it back and remember all we've claimed as ours. This season has meant a lot to me. I feel like I grew so much as a person with this series. I also feel like this season's allowed me to feature so many powerful guests with inspiring stories and easy to implement takeaways. It's been so good. All right, before we dive in though, please make sure you've subscribed on whatever podcast player you tune in on. If you find this episode helpful, please share it on your Instagram or with a friend or someone who you know will benefit from the message. I've compiled all of the downloadable worksheets from the iClaim series into one library. If you want to follow along, take action, and evoke change, click on the link in the episode notes to download and print the forms. Now let's run it back to some of my favorite moments from this season, the iClaim series. The season kicked off with Christy Katzman from Labor of Love and The Bachelor, who's now one of my dear friends. Christy hits the nail on the head as she talks about women in their late 30s and 40s who are still wanting to be mothers but aren't in a relationship that lends itself in that way. Therefore, they're making the decision to be single mothers by choice. This episode is powerful because it not only highlights the single mother by choice movement, but also gives all of us who are in that same age bracket permission that it's okay to be single and attracting the right partner versus just settling to have someone. Christy claimed self-worth and inspired us all to do the same. I do like the fact that you were kind of like a spokesperson for all of us and that you've carried kind of that role on. And I mean, like you said, it's always been your goal to be a mom, regardless if you met somebody on the show and it worked out or not. And I think that is just so beautiful because you're not giving up on your dream and we shouldn't have to if we don't get that piece of the puzzle. And who's not to say that you don't have this beautiful child and then meet somebody after, you know what I mean? Like this opportunity is still there. Do you still have that hope? I do. Yeah, I do. So I think two things I would say there is Exactly what you said. True, true, true. Because for me, I thought you don't see a female lead in her 40s on shows like these. Mm -hmm. Why? So right off the bat, I wanted to show all the women I know are out there that are like me. Mm -hmm. I think there's a misperception on what it means to be in your late 30s, early 40s. I think there's a misperception of what it means if a woman finds herself single during that time or is thinking about pursuing motherhood on her own. And I can tell you post-show, I've connected with so many women in the Single Mothers by Choice community, and they are the bomb, okay? These are like some of the most incredible women I've ever met. And I'm like, gosh, people need to know about these women because I think there are a lot of stereotypes and misconceptions about who this pool of women is and why Mm -hmm. they're in the position that they are. So first and foremost, I really wanted to buck those stereotypes. I wanted to be that role model for women. And I think... That's why I really went all in. And I mean, I don't know how to be anything other than authentic and genuinely me. And that might be why they picked me because I could see how the show could go a completely different direction depending on who the lead is. And I'm Mm -hmm. a Midwestern girl. I'm highly educated. I'm successful. I'm a nice person. So I think it was important to have that person in the lead so it didn't become sensationalized. Now, as we've said, like a lot of time has passed. I think so. I got off the show. I did several rounds of egg freezing right away. I was still Mm. with Kyle at that point, but things were never great between us. I didn't have a lot of hope that that was going to work out. 
So that relationship ran its course pretty quickly, but I had already gotten in a job in Austin. I had already wanted to move anyway. Mm-hmm. It's funny. People think I moved to Austin because of Kyle, but we had already oh, broken sure. up. Oh, yeah, but I totally we had already that. broken up. Yeah. We had prior to the show, I knew I wanted to move. I had this idea that I wanted, I just wanted a fresh start and I wanted to find a cool city that was smaller than Chicago, but still had a lot of things going for it. And when we filmed, I really fell in love with Austin. I had never been. And so I, I had found a great company to work for there and I had already just decided I was going to do that. And so even when we broke up, it's like, didn't yeah. change my plans, right? But fast forward, obviously, I, I've been through a lot with the fertility. We can get into any of that that you want to. My last attempt at doing a frozen embryo transfer was in April and that got canceled right before the transfer because there was an issue. And then my dad passed away, passed away very quickly after that. So since then, like my wheels have just been spinning and I'm trying to figure out what's up and what's down Mm -hmm. right now. But I still have my one healthy frozen embryo on ice. And it's funny because lately I've been thinking about that again. Like, and it kind of feels like maybe in the new year, I want to try to start that cycle again and see what happens. Gabby Conti, author of 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s, talks about dating as a numbers game and how she met her now husband. It's just one of those things where it's been a common theme on the podcast where it's like, you can't give up hope. You never know when, you know, it's going to be your time. And you sometimes do have to say no to the things that you don't want, like you mentioned, so you can make rooms for the things that you do want. And then when you actually do that and you look inward and you like honor what's happening within yourself, it all comes to fruition, which is such a beautiful thing. And you're getting ready to like live that out, getting married and starting this new chapter of your life. Yeah. And the other thing too about like, they say it's a numbers game and that actually is true because I do think that I would have never met him had I gotten off the apps. And there were so many times where I deleted my dating app. And I really do think that dating apps work. The more you do them, the more you like become so clear of what you want the more you stop wasting time with things that are very obvious you don't want, I think go on the first date, but be picky about the second and third and fourth dates you go mm. on. And I really think it's crazy that like, yeah, I mean, we ha- you have it. It's so convenient. I think of like bars, like going to bars, I mean, which I know wasn't a reality for us for like a year or so. But like going to a bar to meet someone, especially now with everyone on their phones, is the most like, it is just not efficient. It's not an efficient mm-hmm. way to meet people. The best way to meet someone, I really do honestly think, is on a dating app. Her advice is to be efficient, using a dating app and staying true to your intentions, always honoring yourself first. Gabby claims self-love, and funny enough, on almost every episode of this series, the theme of self-love emerged, no matter what my guest or I was claiming on that episode. My sweet friend, Tiffany Kane, the Heck Yes Coach, who since being on the show has rebranded her podcast to Radical Audacity and Love in Life, shared about her journey to claim love in life after divorce, something I know I am claiming for myself too. I'm the worst at small talk. I just, Uh it it bores me and it's not fun and it exhausts me. But man, let's have a deep heart to heart and oh, I'm in my happy place. Yeah. And so I realized I wasn't living in alignment with myself authentically. So I did. I got a coach and it took some time. I was in some deep resistance, but here I am seven years later and I'm 
sexy man's living with me. <laughs> we live in the same <laughs> yes. house together. And we're going on two years. It's been amazing, like amazing, the connection and the way we're able to talk about hard things. And it's impossible to be this age. I'm 47. It's mm-hmm. impossible to be 47 and with two kids and all the things you go through life without hard things, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got to talk about them. You've got to talk about them. And we can, and we do. And being with somebody who respects and honors that very vulnerable side of myself that is willing to touch my still open wounds with kid gloves and being careful and honors my scars and sees beauty in them and doesn't see me as like, how could you be somebody that lets, lets people treat you like that? Like he doesn't, he's never acted like that. And, and that's because I stopped thinking about myself like that. And so once I could stop thinking that I was a victim of whatever, Mm -hmm. and once I could heal, then Mm -hmm. I could be with a good man who would treat me beyond well. Treat me like a queen, like a goddess. I don't know. It's amazing. Sometimes I'm just like, am I living in a Hallmark movie? Like what is happening right now? (laughs) I don't understand. I didn't think this was reality. (laughs) Tiffany's story gives us all hope and reminds us that how we view and treat ourselves plays an incredible role in how others will view and treat us. For my 40th birthday, I gifted myself a shamanic healing with Amy Miles. It was the perfect gift to give myself, something I never knew I needed, but now I am so grateful I treated myself to. Amy and I chat about my experience as well as the process of shamanic healing as we claim healing in our lives, something everyone should be open to. I felt lighter and I don't even know how to explain exactly what I was feeling, but I just kind of felt like this pressure or whatever was like lifted off my shoulders. And I also felt a lot more energized. And that was one of the things that I was really having a difficult time with. I was feeling very lethargic. I was, you know, experiencing really intense fatigue and I couldn't really put any sort of root cause to where that was coming from. I was sleeping good at night. I was sleeping quite a few hours, but then I'd, you know, be up doing my day to day. And at a certain point in the day, I would literally have to take like a power nap or close my eyes for a minute or just kind of like pause and honor that (laughs) for myself because I, I just wasn't able to press on during the day. And I mean, so many things could have been attributed to that, right? I mean, we're just coming out of the pandemic and all the different changes I've experienced, but I kind of felt like it was deeper than that. And I felt like I had been experiencing a physical manifestation of things for a long time with digestive issues and just overall health concerns. And so to go through this process with you and then literally not having to have taken a nap. I haven't taken a nap since <laughs> we've spoken, since we've had our session, which is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I'm so happy I did it because I just goes to show that there is like something, I don't know if you want to call it warfare or whatever, but it's happening subconsciously or in this realm that you're not able to tap into physically. Absolutely. And when you're holding trauma in your, in your body, in your spirit, it's, you're holding it in like you're tensing yourself, but you're not aware of it. So it's like your muscles and your organs are programmed to become tense. 
through those emotions and and it does become it tightens your whole body and that's what restricts the flow of energy through your body and so your body's working like extra hard because of the tension that you're holding inside your physical body which is why you feel more tired and also because you're not connected you're connected to earth so your energy is not filtering you know into the earth it's getting stuck in in that physical body and it it's taking longer to process so when we release that energy it's like you are freeing that energy from your muscles from your organs from your physical body from your spiritual body and you're able to connect yourself um, into the earth and the universal energy so the energy can be a continuous flow so that your body's not working extra hard to fight this energy all the time so this is mm-hmm. what this is why why you was feeling tired I sometimes wonder if this episode and experience was helping me to prepare for the events that would shortly come after my breakup grieving not only my relationship but the potential of what I thought I had and where I thought the future of my relationship was headed I'll touch on that more here shortly The day Melody Pomerati's episode on claiming empowerment aired is the same day in which my relationship ended. A little symbolism for those of you who believe in that kind of thing. Now, we had recorded that episode prior to that date, but its release came at the perfect time, especially in hindsight, knowing that those who'd support me during this difficult time would be women, women I connected with on this very podcast, through this podcast community, and I am forever grateful. The advice from Melody really resonated with me regarding women supporting women, especially now that I've been the recipient of so much unconditional support. I'm like, why didn't this exist when I was a young girl? Because Mm -hmm. I think too, like along my path, I got a little lost. And I mean, that's obvious. I mean, I've been documenting that on the podcast. One thing that I kind of got in my head, which I love that you're correcting in my eyes is... I got on this belief train that I was more of a guy's girl and not a girl's girl because mm-hmm. relationships with girls as I grew up became competitive or based upon things that I wasn't really aligned with. Putting other people down, gossip, just not being supportive of your fellow sister. And I think what I learned is I've always been a girl's girl. I just wasn't using my voice and my influence to kind of advocate for what I wanted to see in the world and what I wanted to have in these relationships. And so what I love about this is you're creating this community that's basically saying like, we're all girls, girls, and like, let's live our life this way. We don't have to fall into that cattiness or competition because that's really kind of what happens, right? Like we somehow get weirdly into this competition with our sister and it's like, no, 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 no. You said it yourself. You said abundance. There is so much in this world. Why we think we have to cut somebody else down to get ahead is beyond me. I love what you were saying. And this is so important. And another one of those messages, I wish like I could take a billboard out and put it out there. Like, when you win, I win. When you grow, I grow. Like we are so in this together. And then you ask like, why was there an environment of like, quote unquote, cattiness and things like that? And I truly believe it's because 
we weren't all raised with abundance mindset, right? It was more of a lack mentality. Like there isn't enough to go around. And if she gets an A, that means you can't get an A. And if she wins, you can't win. And everyone was doing the best that they could, our parents, with the information and knowledge available to them. But when we know better, we do better, as Maya Angelou says. And so, like, this is us doing better together. This is us raising a future generation that believes in abundance and believes there's more than enough to go around and that we must, as women, celebrate one another's wins and like just shout it off of the rooftops, shout out other women's victories, like off of the rooftops because her win is your win. And the other thing about like jealousy and envy, and I actually write this about, write about this in my book. I used to be a girl and a woman who felt envious of other women. And that never felt good for me. It didn't feel good in my mind. It didn't feel good in my body. There was such a disconnect. And I started to learn that if I look at other women as inspiration, as opposed to competition, like invisible doors open, magic happens for all of us. And that's what I started to do. Like we are all really mirrors, holding mirrors up to each other saying like, this is possible for you too. Maybe not in this way, but in another way. And if we can just choose our perceptions, perceptions that serve us in that way, oh my goodness, it's like life is such a beautiful, beautiful testament to female empowerment. My next guest was my dream guest. From the moment I started podcasting, I looked up to and respected Angie Lee. I knew when I wanted to do an episode about claiming authenticity, she was the only person I wanted to lead this discussion because she does it so well. If you look up authentic in the dictionary, I'm pretty sure her name follows. It took me months though to muster the courage to ask Angie to be on my show. And that was so silly because what's the worst she could have said? No. When I finally asked her through a voice note in her IG DMs, She responded back in less than a minute and said, let's do it. You'll notice my voice was pretty hoarse on this episode. Spoiler alert. That's because she and I did record immediately after my breakup. I was trying so hard to be present in the moment to enjoy this time with her time. I looked forward to forever. I was also not going to allow the circumstances I was dealing with to impede upon this experience. I was just like, screw it. I don't want to go to corporate. So I'm willing to try anything else before going into that space. And so I just stayed insanely consistent. And I got to the point where I could slowly phase out of these side jobs and then do it full time. But it it took several years. I think a lot of times on Instagram, you see the sexy little graphic that's like, make nine figures next month with this (laughs) webinar. I, I don't feel like that's the reality for most people, nor do I want it to be the reality. It does take time. It takes Mm -hmm. starting messy. I had no idea what I was doing when it came to anything I've done. I've just Googled it, hired help, asked for help, and I just started. And I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship is you learn as you go. But so many of us are afraid of that, right? We want all of the answers before we start. But that's that's kind of the cliff note. You in a nutshell, which, which I love. And like something you just said really struck a chord with me where I'm at in my life right now, which is that mm. uncertainty and like sitting in that and really feeling that and not having any idea or control over the outcome. And 
for me, I'm a little bit opposite of kind of you. Like I am typically like a huge rule abider. Like mm. I remember taking one of those personality profiles in the workplace and it being like, you're high conformity. And I'm like, oh yeah, I am. <laughs> and <laughs> it, friends like me, because then I'll be like, hey, don't worry. <laughs> we might drown, but it's okay because we'll, we'll make floaties. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yes, I... I need a life draft right now. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but I think there's something really beautiful about also sitting in a place of uncertainty because obviously I'm a big believer in like the universe and manifestation and sometimes because of our limiting beliefs, the way we were raised, what we think we should be doing or who we think we should be pleasing, we're not really honing in on the little tugs that are pulling on our heart, the reason why we were put on this planet in the first place. And there's something very beautiful about you recognizing like, life's a game. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be played. So what? So I'm $100,000 in debt. So what? Like that can change. And I love that because the fear doesn't seem to be there for you. Yeah. It's it's so interesting. I've always wondered if this is nurture versus nature when it Mm. comes to our ability to handle uncertainty. And Tony Robbins talks a lot about this. And when I went to his conferences when I was younger, he always said that life will be easier for people who want to dance with uncertainty a little bit because life is uncertain. It is uncertain. That is the epitome of life. It's not this linear uh, experience, but we want it to be. And we think that it is, but it's not. And so it is interesting. I'm always like, was I born like that? Or what happened? And I do have a very entrepreneurial dad who just took crazy risks as well. So I think maybe that's it. Or maybe it's the ADD brain wants a lot of dopamine and change and novelty. But it is interesting though, because I think that that is one of the gifts that I want to give to women, even if it's just a little a little sprinkle of it, is this sense of you can figure it out and you don't have to have all of the answers. And if you want a life that's incredible, you're going to have to try something different. You're going to have to try what's not normal because we all know what the normal route is. And so for me, I think it was, I'm more afraid of standing still. I'm more afraid mm. of the fear of regret. I'm more afraid of that feeling one day when I'm 90 years old and I'm like, why didn't I try that? Why didn't I do that? That keeps me up. And so I think I sit with the pain of regret more than the pain of trying the thing. And that's Mm. kind of always been the way I do it. I'm like, okay, will I be mad at myself in one year, five years, 50 years if I don't at least try this? If I hate it, I can stop. And if it doesn't work or I fail, cool. I don't have to do it forever, but will I be mad at myself for not at least trying? And if the answer is yes, I do it. And if the answer is like, I don't know, then maybe I don't do it. So I think we all have kind of like an internal conversation around taking a leap. Then right before the new year, I decided to catch you all up on what had been happening in my world. What you may not know is that I had recorded an episode right after my world exploded. It was raw, honest, emotional, The only person who's heard it is my producer, Veronica. She's so supportive. But after listening and sharing her input, I elected not to release the episode. Rather, I chose to wait until I could compile myself and record when it felt right. Where do I even begin? There's so much to share. And although I made the decision to leave my relationship almost three weeks ago, it's still so fresh and so tender. I've grappled over how to share this news since the moment it happened. I didn't want to let you down. You've allowed me to share so much on this show without judgment, creating space for me to share my truth. I take this platform with great responsibility, and I've been committed from the beginning to not just talk the talk, 
but to also walk the walk. This decision is one I'm proud of, and I think you'll be proud of me too. As sad as I am going through the grieving process, losing someone who was my best friend and who I thought was the one, I realize how much I've grown as a person. I attribute that growth to this show and the focus I've chosen to place on looking inward rather than outward. Baiting the hook with self-love is a must and what's getting me through this trying time. I've been treating myself as if I'm my own coaching client. I've talked to myself the same way I would speak to one of you who came to me for help during a difficult time or a breakup. I've been gentle. I've listened and reminded myself of the bigger picture, guiding myself towards the lesson or lessons to be learned. And I've also extended myself grace, just as I would to anybody who works with me. It's been a highly effective way to navigate this challenging time. Ending relationships when there's a catalyst to do so seems easier, but we've all endured a breakup, and regardless of the circumstance, heartbreak sucks. I'm not going to get into too much detail right now, maybe later when I'm further along in my healing journey, but what I want to emphasize is I had a gut feeling, an intuition that this was no longer the relationship for me. In the past, I would have 100% swept those feelings under the rug. I was in love. I was comfortable. I was living the fairy tale I conjured in my head, on my way to marriage, kids, everything I've always wanted. But who would I be? Talking about self-love week in and week out, which I'm not sure if you've recognized, is a common theme in season three. Despite what my guests come on and they're claiming, they all allude to the importance of the relationship you have with yourself. Being your own BFF. Loving the person whose reflection you see in the mirror. So I made the difficult decision to part ways with Jamar. I trust you have faith in my decision-making process. And I know if you thought there was another viable option, I would have taken it. Even hearing that back now is difficult. I still stand with my decision to claim courage to do hard things. As the season progressed, we heard from Dominique DeVita, who taught us how to claim intimacy through Tantra. I took you on an adventure during playoffs to Milwaukee, Green Bay, and Kansas City, as I claimed my live list and encouraged you to start yours if you haven't already. Then Brianne Davis, Hollywood actress who's claimed her truth, sharing how she's a recovering sex and love addict, encouraged us to claim ours and to do the work. It's hard, but it's worth it. Going through any breakup, letting go of any toxic person, whether it be a family member, whether it be friends, friends are very difficult to let go of. That one was actually more painful than letting go of like Mm -hmm. a love partner, a toxic person in your family, being willing to let go of them to Mm -hmm. save your sanity, your spirituality, your serenity, your peace. It is a lot of work. That's why I have the rules. Like there's these rules in the book, 10 rules. And one of the main ones is walk through the fire and let it all fucking burn. Like, let it burn. Let all of the things you are holding on to, people, places, and things, and surrender and just know Mm -hmm. that you will get on the other side. And feelings are meant to be felt. Because when you don't feel them, they get stuck in your body. And that Mm -hmm. doing therapy for eight years, twice a week, working the 12 steps, Really looking back at the trauma I caused and people caused to me, forgiveness, 
asking, looking at my character defects, seeing which ones run my life, which all of those character defects are mine. Just so you know, (laughs) that chapter, I was like, I will own it. Those are all mine. And it's like, when I actually did that work, it was the most painful thing in the world. It is that caterpillar butterfly situation Mm -hmm. where you have to like die. Yeah. To then be born again. And again. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done, but it was the most beautiful thing. And I wouldn't change it for anything. Mm -hmm. And like I said, no one can take that work from me. Kelly Ty, an accountability coach, introduced how we can claim healthy habits. I'm proud to say I upheld these commitments I made to myself and stuck with the healthy habits for 30 days. Really, I'm choosing to press on with those healthy habits as a lifestyle. The only thing I've diverted from is allowing myself a few cocktails since taking a 30-day break. Then Keisha Fitzgerald reached out to be on the show. She's a good friend of Angie's, and I think we already know these girls are our people. Keisha has infectious energy, and learning how we can all claim more confidence was something I know I needed, and I hope you also benefited from. So... I think confidence is at the basis of everything. Like if you've got big dreams and goals or even just relationships, how you want to show up to your life, like confidence is the foundation. So everything that I do, that's the number one goal. It's not get to XYZ milestone. It's just how can I build up my belief in myself and my ability to figure things out? Mm -hmm. Because life is going to throw curveballs. You're going to have this massive idea. It's going to totally flop. Someone that you thought was going to support you is going to say something that you're like, what the hell? Like someone close to you is going to get sick. I mean, there's just like stuff's going to happen. And so life, I'm like life. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be a human. Welcome (laughs) to the club. There's 7 billion of us. But truly it's like at the basis, I think of confidence. So I think of confidence like it's a bucket. And every single day that you show up and keep a promise to yourself, it's like you're putting a tiny deposit into your bucket. Like picture in your head, this like analogy, right? It's like plop, 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 plop every single day that you show up. And I think where we unintentionally rob ourselves of fulfillment, joy, and confidence building opportunities Mm. is when we only have these big, massive goals and we wait until we get, quote unquote, there, wherever there is, to feel proud. And then that serves as a confidence deposit then. But in reality, it's like every single day that you show up, you can set three little micro goals. It could be drink half your body weight in, you know, ounces of water. Mm -hmm. And it could be finally go live on Instagram. It could be have that tough conversation. It could be unplug and don't be within an arm's length distance of your phone and be present with your significant other. It could be whatever it is for you, like push a little bit harder in your workout, like something that's very like tactical, something that you can actually measure. So that way it counts as like, I put this deposit in my bucket because I kept this promise to myself. I did the thing that I said that I was going to do after the feeling that I said it and is gone, right? And every single day, you're just adding these deposits. So then when Sally Sue 293 on Instagram is like, man, I don't like your business or is like your podcast sucks or like, so someone told me once that I sound like Jojo Swinka Crack or something like that little like YouTuber that was on Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah, Jojo Siwa. I was like, I'm 32 and she's like 14 and you're telling me I have more energy than her. It sounds like I'm doing something right. Okay. I don't know about you. She left a review on my podcast and it was like a, it was still like a three or four star review. I was like, you hate me, but you still have me three stars. Thanks girl. Anyway, point is when something like that happens or when your aunt thinks your business is dumb or someone doesn't support you or your life choices, not even your business. If you're not even an entrepreneur listening into this, it's like, it's going to feel like someone smacked the side of your confidence bucket and some of your confidence, like for sake of this analogy, sloshes out. 
Yeah. Because you're a human. Mm-hmm. And the people that say, like, blinders on, screw what everyone else thinks about you. Like, it's a cute idea, but I don't know. I'm emotional. I do care what people right. think. That's also why I care about my impact. Mm-hmm. And I care about my ripple effect. And I want it to be a damn tidal wave because I do care that I show up for people. I care what I think most, which is the secret sauce. But I do still, I'm curious as to people's perception to a certain degree that it doesn't get me too high or too low. Yeah. As in, if people love me, great. If people don't like me, okay. But it's the people that know me the best. Like John C. Maxwell has a quote that says, if the people that know me the best love me the most, that's success. Yeah. Right? But from a confidence perspective, it's like we've got to prepare ourselves to go through life knowing that not everyone is going to get mm. your path because they're not supposed to. Right. Because we're all gifted unique visions for our life. Mm-hmm. So how can you set yourself up today with a micro focus of what do I need to do today to feel like I'm building confidence? And if you're in a season where life feels really hard, literally it's 30 minutes of movement outside. It's drinking water. Yeah. It's sending that one email, it's do whatever it is, like you get to define that criteria and then keep doing that every single day. Three tiny little things. And the extra stuff is like icing on the cake, sprinkles on top, but that's really what the cake is. Mm -hmm. And that's going to help you so much. And I, I really truly believe that I'm so confident in my ability to figure things out because I'm humble enough to know that I'm totally going to screw things up. But I also believe like, I've seen shit go wrong and I've still figured it out. So I'm like, I can do it because at the basis of it, I know that me getting my workout in and me doing these certain things that are going to help support me is going to make me believe that I can tackle the world. And I'm going to have days where I doubt myself, but I just remind myself like that's part of the full human experience is Mm -hmm. we want that contrast. I want the highs, but I also actually want the contrasting lows so that the highs feel even better, but also because the lows are when you learn resilience and grit sure. and build yes. character. Absolutely. I could listen to Keisha preach all day. Leanna Joan, the host of the Hello and Goodbye podcast, joined us next to claim her story, talking about some heavy topics, shame, spiritual trauma, and mental illness. I received so much feedback from this episode. I already know a lot of us are claiming our stories. It's like a public scrutiny of your actions in taking no sort of acknowledgement of what you were going through. Like you you were diagnosed with an illness on top of all of this and you've been through a traumatic, like divorce is traumatic in and of itself. You throw an emotional trauma in the relationship and also you keep saying the word like abandonment and it keeps hitting me like, the way this all kind of began was you were starting to abandon yourself. Like you were learning Mm -hmm. who you were. And in order to kind of like keep yourself in that situation, you were then going to have to abandon who you were becoming and who you were recognizing was like true to you, your true authentic self. And that wouldn't have been right either. So you Mm -hmm. were like in between a rock and a hard place trying to navigate at a young age with little support and this overarching influence that wasn't trying to get to the root cause of like where you were coming from, but was more trying to say, this is how we've always done things. This is how you will do things. And if you don't, adios. And that's just not humane. I know. It's wild. It's wild. It I is. mean, I don't feel like I've really fully like taken in how horrible this was. 
until the right. last couple of years. I still felt like it was my fault. All of this was my fault. Like this is mm-hmm. on me. And it wasn't. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it just took me so long to get there. I think the most important takeaway from Leanna is we can own our own stories and recognize the role they play in our lives, but we do not have to be defined by them. We can break free and start a fresh chapter or storyline when we feel ready to do so. Sloan, former business attorney turned master life consultant, who was also a guest on season one, came back to share about a specific dating experience where feelings of neediness came up. She walks us through how she worked through those feelings and claimed sovereignty. Then just last week, I shared how I'm claiming bravery and encouraged you to do the same. I think this is going to be an ongoing theme in our lives because it's easy to get complacent and to rest on our laurels. It's tough to consistently step outside of our comfort zone and to say yes to things that scare us. Even though it's tough, do it anyways. Make sure you check out the bonus episodes that came from that yes. I chat with fashion designers Simone Carter and Maria Heldreth. I also have a beautiful chat with Erin Hill, host of Getting Cozy with Erin and Batch After Dark, who's easily become one of my best friends. She's someone who consistently challenges me to push myself, something I greatly value. Well, ladies, we did it. We claimed a hell of a lot and we still have so much of 2022 to go. Most of these lessons aren't one and done. Most require ongoing work and revisiting the teachings multiple times over the course of our lifetime. And that's okay. Along with that self-love piece, we've heard a lot of guests touch on embracing the journey, not just rushing the process and wanting to jump from the starting line to the finish line. The magic is in the middle. Experience it, live it, be present for it. I'm currently deep into that journey for myself professionally and personally, and I wouldn't change a thing. I believe in magic, mindset, and manifestation, and exercise all three all the time. It led me to this very episode and to my favorite takeaway from the season. Ladies, I said it once and I'll say it again. Before we can reel in the catch of a lifetime, we must first bait the hook with self-love.